Hello and welcome to Cubicle Confidential, weekly advice for the working stiff. I'm Chris DeSantis and let me introduce my co-host, starting with G's, the gifted, the giving, and of course, the gregarious Mary Abijay. Gee whiz, Chris DeSantis, those were really great. Thank you so much for the lovely G words that you gave me. Hi, everybody. I am the uh, gregarious, uh, the gregarious introverted Mary Abijay, and I would like to introduce you to my amazing co-host, the gracious, the glib, but the good-hearted Chris DeSantis. Uh, hey, Mary, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. I am doing fine, thank you. It's, you know, October's over. Enjoyed right. my Halloween and uh, gave out lots of candy. And now just getting ready for the fall back season. Yeah, I, I like the fall. This is my favorite season, but I missed Halloween this year. We had a snowstorm the one day of Halloween. Oh, you're kidding. Not a storm storm, but it snowed. You know, a couple of years ago, I was uh, I had a gig in Chicago the day after Halloween, uh, on November 1st, and I started to drive there from South Bend, uh, and it was snowing the entire time. Yeah, I, it was, um, but it wasn't. let me tell you a little story, though, because I was irked about Halloween. I live on this little neighborhood street, and there, at the one end of my street, there's a high school. At the other end of my street, there's a grade school. I get an email from the grade school because we have a, a Slack channel for all the neighbors in the neighborhood, and so the grade school got a hold of it. She sends out an email, the, I think it was the principal of the school, saying, we're going to do a parade, 340 kids. We're going to do a parade around the block, meaning from the, the grade school to up our street and around the block. And she said, we would like it if you would all decorate your houses. Jesus. Wait, then she went on. And there are kits available on Amazon for you to decorate your cars that are starting at $5. And then she went on to said, there'll be 340 kids. So we would like you to line the street and have candy for all of them when they come by. And they'll be by between the app, by new, by 1230 and 130. And I thought, aren't, how, what? Who do you think you are? <laughs> Who do you think you are? So let me guess. <clears throat> you had your doors closed, <laughs> your <laughs> windows barred, uh, and you did some. What did you do? Well, the good news was I got another email saying, well, the weather has turned south. And so we will not be doing the entire thing. And they're going to congregate. And then they wanted people to come down with candy to the schoolyard. Okay. So here's the thing. So I love the idea that they're having a parade. I and I love it. the idea that they're like, hey, heads up in case you wanted to decorate it. But to actually then provide candy for 300 children on top of what you're going to do at yes. nighttime. Yes. You know, these kids are going to go trick-or-treating in the evening. They don't need to trick-or-treat twice. So I, yes. I agree. Unless you're buying like those tiny, teeny, tiny like like tootsie rolls they're like a penny a piece <laughs> like, right throw one to each kid i'm like no that's too much yeah, i and thought now, it was and by the way and plus if you had bought 300 dollars worth of candy for the 300 kids and then the rain or snow came you would have right. been you have been sol my friends Snickers well, what's out the, of luck <laughs> tell me because they they cut the route in half so if somebody did actually do all the things they asked them to do they didn't come to half of the houses they said they were going to come to Talk, so I don't know. Talk about I think it was 
privilege in your upper middle class neighborhood, Chris. <laughs> a little, I was a little put off by it because I, you know, I like the kids, but I'm thinking, wow, you're asking a lot. Decorate my car. I'm surprised they Decorate didn't. They didn't like give you a list of acceptable candy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, or expressions to have as they approach you. Exactly. <laughs> oh, oh my anyway, God. enough about my peeve about the the. the Halloween. Well, so. uh, I love this because I know that we're going to talk about being brave today. So, you yeah. know, it was brave of you. What would you, What by the way, would you have done all that if it hadn't gotten canceled? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I would not have done all of that. I would, I am not, first of all, I am, I am not one of the, the parents. So I can see the pressure the parents would be yeah. under because if one parent rolled, then the others would have to roll with it because they said, well, we did it. Why do, you don't love your yeah. child as much as we love, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I wasn't part of that competition, so Got it. I could just turn out. Well, actually, I couldn't turn out the lights. It was daytime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyway, yeah, we're going to talk about being brave today. Hey, um, are you ready for this I, or anything else I should know? Because I haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, Any- no, except that I love Halloween uh, and uh, I am uh, ready to go. I'm ready to talk about being brave, even though I want all the listeners to know I talk a big game about being brave, but I'm not always like hitting the mark. So my answers are going to be what I think you should do as opposed to what I would actually do. Well, that's what being brave is, is making suggestions for another. That's right. So, okay, here you go. So this is our first question. This comes from Chicago. Uh, A sleuth is on the loose in Chicago. That's hard to say. Hi, I just started work at my first job out of college. I'm one of those rare lit majors in a firm where everyone seems to have a degree in business from an Ivy League school. I got the job because, according to the interviewers, I was a good fit for doing analytical work. We spend a good deal of our time reading company reports and doing due diligence. I have a knack for finding discrepancies between what is reported and what is actually happening. The problem is I clam up at team meetings when we share what we know. The business school crowd is always piling in and restating the obvious. Since I'm a junior member of the team, I feel more than a bit intimidated. I'd like to share what I know, but how do I get past freezing up and being talked over. Signed once again, a sleuth on the loose in Chicago. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great moniker. Uh, you know, know, first, I have a couple of thoughts. One is those damn business school nerds always <laughs> trying to show how damn smart they are. Yes. And the other thing that struck me is how it drives me crazy when I'm in meetings and people just speak so that they can be heard or seen by the no. Like I hate, I hate that piling on. It makes mm. meetings long and really boring. So now they got that off myself. Um, so I think there's two things she has going on here. One is freezing up and one is uh, being talked over. Uh, mm. So I think that those two things might need slightly different strategies, but I do want to say this about just getting ready to speak in general. Um, she is going to have to figure out, figure this out. Uh, being new, it's a great time to figure out like what your meeting persona is going to be. Like, how do you want to be known in your meetings? Uh, mm-hmm. And so like really thinking about that and kind of getting her courage up to speak up at meetings. One thing I would say is don't assume that just because you know all those things those biz uh, nerds are talking about, other people in the meeting may not. So uh, 
to kind of let go of your judgment a little bit about them. Two, mm -hmm. I want you to pay attention to, to the dynamics of the meeting. In other words, how does it roll? How does it flow? And who do you consider uh loose sleuth. Who do you consider to, <laughs> that is hard to say, who do you consider to be an effective commu communicator in this meeting? I mean, who does contributions really well in this meeting? How do they do it? Pay attention to the manner of their communication and like copy and steal how they do it. So find out someone like model yourself after someone that you, that you do appreciate in the meeting. Um, Decide before the meeting what you think you want to share or report out. And then really take a few moments to really practice speaking about it, like get more confidence in how you're going to say something. If you have to, write it down. Like I want to talk about the three discrepancies I found in the Penske file. And then make a note for yourself to get yourself kind of mentally ready. Just like Chris, a presentation, right? And then when you do speak up in the meeting, find the right time and then speak up and if and put it into sort of like a structure. So if you're going to like point out three discrepancies you found in the Penske briefing, then say, Hey everyone, I have found three discrepancies in the Penske briefing. Tell them why they're important. I think they're important because they're going to cost us money. The first discrepancy is one, blah, 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 two, blah, 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 three, tell them why. And then your suggestions. So structure what you're going to say. They'll give you more confidence. Now, if you get interrupted, or uh, interrupted or talked over, you simply say, excuse me, let me finish and then finish your point. Don't let someone talk over you. Be polite, but stop the action. Say, hold on a second, I wasn't quite done. I really need to add X, Y, and Z. In terms of getting your courage up, uh, you're just going to have to dive in, but I would, I'm just going to take a deep breath and do it and do not judge yourself afterwards. Like it, you may not always be perfect. And finally, if you, um, if you are feeling very insecure, I would definitely go talk to your boss or your manager and I would ask for his, her, or their advice on how you can be a better contributor in meetings. You could even share with your boss beforehand, here are the points I want to bring up. Uh, when's a good time for me to do that? So you want to prime your boss to both give you advice and to make some space in the room for you. So boom, that's what I got. <laughs> well, I think you covered it all. I thought that was super thorough. That's about as everything she needs to know. Although I do not know where we establish she is a she. Oh, but. I just made that up. No, you know, okay. it's really funny. Whenever we do this, like we rarely know the gender of our yeah. writers, but sometimes I just have a vibe that this was going to be a she. I don't know why. I, I, I think I, I was leaning toward that myself. I was rereading it and I was leaning towards that myself thinking, okay, the idea that they clam up and they're, you know, they feel a little, oh, these are in Ivy League business types and I'm a lit, you know, it just had all of the yeah. assumptions that the heuristics I would have used to assume it was a young lady. Plus, I don't know too many young men that, that have a trouble speaking up in meetings. <laughs> <laughs> there's that, there's that. I thought, by the way, I, I think there was some research on that. Wasn't there about um, whoever speaks up owns the floor first? Like whoever speaks up first gets more control of the room. I think there was something about that. Yeah, that sounds about so, right. And we also know st statistically speaking that men take up more airspace in meetings than women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I, I liked your advice. I, I, the only way I would say, I, I think, have her think in terms, or, or listener, think in terms of clickbait titles. Ooh, meaning love. that, look, get, get a headline. I love what Mary was saying is, you be prepared with three really, I, I would say, terse bits of information that are that are compelling, and then get a headline that just frames it, and then shut up. 
for a second or two. And if they, if they, what, what, what do you mean by that? Somebody will say, what do you mean by that? Hey, give her the floor to hear, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because I think if it's captivating enough, I want to hear more. Oh, I love so that. I think that, I, and I think that would be one thing. The other thing I would do is I would meet with the movers and shakers on the team in advance. And I would say, you know, this is, I'm relatively new to this. Uh, this. These are some of the thoughts I had. How would you frame this? Here's what I'd like to say. How would I, how should I frame this for this room? Love, love. Now that they, they've got your back when, when people, because now you've asked them for advice and you can say that you were nervous when you give this, they're going to watch out for you more, I think, as a consequence. I, and also building on what Mary said, one more thing is that I like that when you do talk to them, ask them what they're going to say. And then when you know what they're going to say, that's when you tag on what you're going to say as it relates to it. You're going to pull a yes and. I love that. I love getting allies. You know, use your junior, you know, uh, you can. she can actually use her junior status yeah. to get her more senior people on their team or in these meetings uh, to be her ally and help her speak up and find a space. Because you're right. Once, if I went to you before a meeting and said, Chris, I really want to talk about these three things, help me think through how to do it. Now you're invested in me and you will help me do that and be successful in meeting. I love that. Yeah, one more thing I would do if you really want to play this crowd is after the meeting, go after some of the young Turks who are very vocal and agree with what they said in the room. I thought you made a really good point about this. Just don't pick every point and don't flatter them personally. Say, I thought you made a very good point about this because you looked at this this way. That gives you what they'll see in you that you are credible in their eyes because you recognize their greatness. Yeah. I love that. I Play think that's em. great. <laughs> you know, the other thing that you could do is you could you could like just hand out like a one pager with like three oh, points and boom, like boom. That's good. I put this out. I'm just gonna go over it briefly, but here's some more information. That's a Jeff Bezos thing, right? Is that Jeff good Bezos one. thing? Well, yeah, he would say you come to the meeting with your points. Yeah. You, you and you send them out in advance, actually, and then we know what you're gonna talk about. We have the summary, and now we go into the decisions of things. I love that. But it's, it's a that's good. That was great. All right, so I think we helped her. Sleuth on the loose, just you know, pull up your big big person pants, dive right in, <laughs> and uh, be heard. I think so. Okay, you ready for the next one? I am. Okay, we're going to Buffalo. Dear CC, we have a firm retreat coming up in January. They take us all down to a resort in Florida for a weekend. It's part team building and part learning. I don't mind the learning part, but I am loath to spend a weekend team building. There are networking sessions between offices, between levels, and between affinity groups. I would be in the women's affinity group. I just find all of this overwhelming as an introvert. I know I have to go, but how do I make it through those days and nights without losing it? Signed, sharing is scaring in Buffalo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so here's the thing, sharing. Um, I do feel for you. I am an introvert. And I'm just going to tell you that you just kind of got to suck it up. Like team building is part of being in a team. And you say it was a firm. So it's it's, she's professional services of some sorts, like a lawyer or a consultant or a Yeah, that's good. Yeah, firm. So if you're in professional services, then you know, relationships are what the whole business is about, right? So uh, mm-hmm. networking with your 
colleagues is very important. So the first thing I'm going to ask you to do or suggest that you consider is to reframe this in your mind. Like try to put a positive spin on this. You are looking at it as something to survive as opposed to something mm. that might help you thrive. Something that you know what? It could be fun. You might actually enjoy meeting other human beings and hanging out <laughs> with them and having a cocktail or two, too, right? So, so I want you to reframe this as to something that you are potentially looking forward to or something that could be beneficial and even kind of fun. So that's number one, change your mindset. Um, number two, while you are, so here's just going to be a handful of strategies to help you uh, thrive, not just survive. Uh, you will want to make sure you carve out some alone time throughout the day, mm. not just the hour before dinner, but multiple times throughout the day. Get yourself recharged. You don't have to tend everything for the entire length of time, right? But so carve out some time for yourself. Think about who you want to meet or who you want to get to know better So at this retreat. So create some goals for yourself, for people that you'd like to connect with. Create some goals for what you want to learn about the firm, not just the learning aspects, but the firm aspects. Um, who could be there uh, in order to like, you could learn a little bit more about the culture or the history. Before you go, make sure you craft a good like 10 second, 15 second, 20 second elevator speech or self-introduction, right? So that you have confidence when you're introducing yourself to someone and you give them some information. Um, But so, and finally, just be brave and introduce yourself to people. Um, This could be a lot of fun. Um, Again, you don't have to attend everything for the whole time. Have a couple of cocktails. Uh, If you get to choose the activities, then choose ones you enjoy. But really, at the end of the day, see if you can't turn this into an opportunity to really deepen uh, your relationships with your colleagues. And finally, and I'll keep saying finally, and don't forget your introversion can help you when you're networking or team building because people will think you're a good listener even when you're not. Uh, even when you're not listening yeah, or because, when you're not uh, oftentimes extroverts will think because we introverts aren't talking that we're actually listening. Uh, oh, yeah, and yeah. so yeah. Right. No, no, that's good. I like your advice. I, I think, in fact, when I was thinking about this, when the only thing I wrote down was reframe this, it's mm, the first thing you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought of slightly differently in the sense that, um, yes, there is a socializing and yes, this could be fun, but I think, int- I also think about introversion and extroversion through the lens of where you get your energy. Yeah. And I think if you get your energy through the work that you do, then let's frame this as a work opportunity. And, and t- treat yourself in the third person. If you were going to give yourself an assignment in this environment, my assignment would be, look, you're going to meet people from different offices. Who are the two or, what, two or three key people in that office that you would like to know as part of your network? Number two, you talked about specialties. What would you be interesting to know that could help build your book of business relative to other specialties that could cross-sell or supplement that? Uh, also, the level. Who are the influential voices at each level and who might you want to meet? And my point, as uh, Mary alluded to, is that, look, you don't have to meet everybody, but meet two or three key people or have them on your list. And those are the people you seek out. And then, by the way, do not have deep conversations with them. I think being an introvert myself, one of the challenges is I pay attention to everybody and that dilutes everything. Because I'm trying to, and then I'd rather spend my time with one person in depth than many persons shallowly. So my point here would be, all you need to do is anchor that they know you, you know them, and you will be in touch with them. And the real meeting you have is after this event. 
And then to Mary's point, recharge, you know, give yourself whatever it takes. It's If it meets, takes 30 to 45 minutes to meet these three people, that's what you spend. If it takes 15, that's all you spend. But the point being is you have a plan here, then you get out, right? And then as Mary said, you recharge. I, my, my also theory is, you know, find a wing person. Find somebody. I've always enjoyed that. When, whenever I'm at an event with Mary or Mary's at an event, I hang with Mary. I mean, I might meet these other people, but I swing back to Mary because I'm, I'm comfortable with Mary. And so in that sense, we will separate for a while and then reconvene. That, that makes me comfortable. And I think you need to have somebody that makes you comfortable in that in that space. Yeah. Find so. another introvert. I love all of your ideas. <clears throat> you yeah. can find another introvert to be your wing person. You know, oh, yeah. and the last thing I would say is you were talking, I was thinking, you know, most of these <clears throat> events, these retreats, the multiple days, multiple things, they usually have like a sit down lunch or a sit down dinner. Even if it's a buffet, you sit around a table. I would yeah. make the most of those opportunities, right? Because, oh, yeah. you know, to have a conversation with one or two people at your table, it's not a heavy lift. You're not like out, you know, glad handing. So take that time, I would say, to really make sure that you are engaging in, in some sort of engaged conversation or fun conversation or a learning conversation. Well, actually, if, if, if this is a firm that let's say it is an accounting or a law, or whatever, a firm, they probably have a, a Rolodex or one of those virtual where they have all the pictures of everybody. Yeah. Oh, good idea. Go. And so if you've got, if you can pre-identify them in advance and as Mary said, and if you can grab them at lunch, you take the seat next to them. Yeah. That'll get you everything you want. An, an extended conversation that is semi-private with somebody sitting next to you for 30 minutes. That's ideal. Yeah. Love it. Love, love, love. I love that. All right, but That's all great. of this only works if she reframes this in her head. Yeah. You got to reframe it because otherwise you're going to walk down. Oh, no. I got to be friendly. I got to. No, I agree with you. You have to. This is this is an opportunity. Yeah. And it, it's you can make it's what you make of it. I love it. All right. Good all right. walk to sharing to is scaring. Sharing is scaring. All right. All right. We got time for one more. We do. Let's do it. We're going to Philadelphia. Hello. I'm in accounting for valuation for a valuations consulting firm. Hmm. I handle the invoicing and also reimburse employees for expenses. What I've noticed is one of the senior employees' expense reimbursement requests are often below the threshold for a receipt. Things like cabs, meals, miscellaneous, way, way more often and in greater quantity than anyone else in the office. This is a very senior person in the firm, and in reality, it doesn't amount to a great deal, but if it were a junior employee, I would have had to report it. Is it worth bringing it forward knowing the word among the staff is, he may be one day running this firm. Signed, Pocketing Change in Philadelphia. <laughs> Pocketing Change. Okay, so- um, Interesting. I think this is actually pretty easy for me. Oh, what would you do? This is exactly what, what I would do. Not only what I'm going to tell her to do, but this is exactly what I would do. So I would do nothing. Well, I wouldn't do yeah. nothing, but um, I- don't really think you should mention it to the senior executive um, because I think that could potentially be career suicide. Mm. Plus, quite frankly, I think I think this is above your pay grade. Uh, mm. So instead, what I would simply do is I would express my concerns 
not even concerns, I'd expressed this fact to my immediate supervisor or boss who's ever in charge mm-hmm. of accounting. In other words, I'm passing the buck upwards and I'm yeah. covering my butt because yeah. um, I don't think that this is your fight. Um, and people, before you, our lovely Cubicle Confidential listeners, start sending me nasty notes, uh, my reason for this advice is that our listeners said right from the start, it's not a great deal of money. Um, these are small things. So I would say something different if it was like an embezzlement situation, if it right. was a Westman Friedman guy, like <laughs> right. Almeida uh, situation. But these these are small amounts of money. And I think she needs to escalate this or pass the buck up to her supervisor and let it go. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. I, I would also consider, though, looking for another job. Say more. Well, because this guy's a klepto. And and he's on his way up to run the thing. And so, and by the way, absolute power corrupts absolutely. I'm saying when you get in the habit of getting away with the little things, you think you're entitled to bigger things. Interesting. And, and I think the possibility where this will get worse before it gets better. And I don't know how he'll cover that, but I would be very surprised if this person just stopped when when they when it even becomes easier still to do it more as you accrue power. That's a good point. You know, my story about this a senior executive was that they were just flighty, ditzy, and they didn't keep track of the shit very well. But you, which also could be a problem, but you know what? You're right. Like, so, but you're saying she should look for a job once this person gets the power. Yeah, I, I would just say, look, you gotta, you gotta keep an eye on this guy anyway. And so, but I would say at some point, there's gonna be a problem. Yeah. And by the way, the problem will be with him, but the person who's blamed will not be. Yeah. Could be very because interesting. In this world, they'll say at some point, why wasn't anybody looking at this? Where did this start? Why didn't we pay any attention to that then? Where were you when that was happening? You see what I'm saying? Which is why we're. <laughs> she needs to follow my advice regardless and ask this to her boss to cover her yeah, exactly. ass. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, she does. She needs to do that. But also at the same time, it's uh, keep an eye out for, okay, yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, another thing's get written off and written off. Yeah, because you know what she, what the, what her boss could do, I mean, she, uh, if her boss finds it concerning, they can uh, firm up the policy again, always, right? They can always firm up the yeah. policy and say, yeah. you know, uh, I, you you don't need receipts for this amount, but no expense report should exceed X amount without receipts or something like that. Oh, yeah, I love that. It could be very simple, right? Anything over $100 of no receipts any month turns into a requirement for receipts the following month. Yeah. You know, you know something like that. I, you're so funny. So when I have to give expense reports to clients, except for the government, who has gotten rid of like their, they give you a per diem every day for meals when you travel Mm -hmm. for the government. So Mm -hmm. they've stopped asking for receipts for that. You just take the per diem as is. Uh, Mm -hmm. But like when I've got to do things for the private sector clients and they want expenses, like I've got to find that, that, cab ticket or like I got oh, yeah. that sandwich at the airport and I don't know where the hell my receipt is. And and it can be hard to remember all that stuff. Well, there's a, uh, interesting. I'm supposed to, I, I am, I'm so old school. I just hold all the receipts and I put them in one little envelope and I, then I Xerox everything and I give them over. But I know the technologies out there. My, my friend, Ugo uh, Alfano was explaining, look, you can photograph everything and it goes into an automatic file. There are, there's systems now yeah, that you just- There's apps for that. Yeah, and I'm thinking, wow, that looks cool. But each time I say that looks cool, and I never do it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I never do it. I don't do it. I don't do it. 
<laughs> but I want to do it. You know what I'm saying? I want to do well, it. But Chris, I, you could be brave and try a new app. <laughs> <laughs> I could be brave. I could be brave. And speaking um, about brave, I think we have bravely taken up almost 27 minutes of our good listeners lives. So I think we're going to think we're going to sign off on this and uh, thanks Chris for hanging out with me today. Um, yeah. Thank you listeners for joining us. A big thanks to our brave overworked underpaid producer, Mr. Jack Edinger. If you have a workplace question or a cubicle dilemma, give us a shout. No question is too easy. No question is too wimpy or scary. There are lots <laughs> of ways to reach us. You could email us to info at cubicleconfidential.com. Tweet us, or would it now say X us at cubicleconfide1, okay. or find us on LinkedIn, people, Chris DeSantis or Mary Abajay, or you guessed it, Cubicle Confidential. So until we see you next week, we want you to work hard, be kind, be brave, and if you can't, call us. See you later.